Hi there, and thanks for joining us. On this podcast, we have moved to the fine town of Cove. I'm going to talk about all it has to offer as part of the Red Business Town Takeover. I'm Jonathan Healy, and this is Red Business. The Red Business Podcast with CompuB, building your business with premium Apple solutions. CompuB.com. And first up on the Harbour's Edge, I'm joined by three people very much invested in the tourism side of the town of Cove. With me, I have Fanula Smith, who is the chair of Cove Tourism, in fact, the new chair of Cove Tourism. We have Andrew O'Reardon from Ocean Escapes and Jack Walsh from the Cove Heritage Centre. You're all very welcome to Red Business. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. I have to say, is it always this sunny in Cove or did you order this specially, Fanula? Ordered it specially for you, Jonathan. Tell the truth. It's always like this here. Now, it is really a great tourist season. This country is a lovely country when the sun shines. Oh, it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, but also it's, it's nice as well when the weather isn't as beautiful as this. Tell me about your role as Chair of Cove Tourism and why did you take on such a, such a big task? Have you got four hours? <laughs> uh, it is a bit of a big task, uh, all right. Um, I'm still just finding my feet with it. Um, I'm, I have a no-time photography studio here and away, uh, a business that I set up here four years ago. Um, but t- the town is still untapped with everything that it has to offer. And it's just getting that message out there that we want to do. I'm intrigued by old-time photography. What's old-time photography? It's the only one in the whole of Ireland. Uh, we dress up people in different themes, like Edwardian or first-class passengers on liners or saloon bar and whatever. And we take photo shoots of you in old, old colour. You have to come in. And yeah, okay, that, that sounds interesting. Fancy dress, really, isn't it? Fancy it's dress and fancy photographs. Fancy dress, yes, and photographs, yeah. <laughs> um, the one thing about Cove for me, when I was a young fella, Cove would still have been referred to as a garrison town. It was where the Navy was, there was a lot of industry in the area and that provided the employment. But it has undergone quite the metamorphosis in the last decade. Completely so. And I think a lot of it is to do, because it just happens to be that Cove Tourism are 10 years old as well. Um, They have really put a lot of work and effort into it and it's literally turned around now. You could safely say it, it is definitely a heritage town, but obviously now in the last couple of years we're getting more and more now is coming up that's not just necessarily to do with the heritage. So it's just, it's just expanding. The potential there is just unbelievable. Jack, I'll come to you next. We're standing next to the Cove Heritage Centre. What was this building before it was the Heritage Centre? Um, well, if, if you go back in time to the 1860s, it was the Victorian Railway Station. So, in fact, many of the millions of emigrants that left this country would have passed through this railway station out onto the pier and out onto waiting ships. You made the decision to turn it into a heritage centre when? Uh, It's actually 25 years in business this year. Um, I suppose uh, back in in the early 90s there wasn't an awful lot in this town because we'd lost a lot of the industrial uh, business. Uh, and I suppose some very, very wise people realised that this was had the potential to be a, a great tourist town. So they opened up the, the building as a heritage centre. You were one of the first in the country to capture the idea of the interactive tour. That you, It's not just a couple of paintings on the wall and you read as you go along. You live, you breathe, you smell the experience yeah. as it would have been uh, in Victorian times. 
Well, I think that's very important because people, uh, I think people are actually looking for a little bit more nowadays than just walking into a museum and looking at something. So you have to make it, number one, interesting, you have to make it personal, and you have to make it interactive, especially for children. They need to be playing with something. Um, but we find that with most of our tourists that uh, once you tell them stories, stories is the name of the game. Uh, and especially our North American customers love a story, a good story. It was funny how we kind of didn't tell the story for a long time. It, it, no more than we didn't talk about the famine for some reason. Emigration was always there, seemed to be a constant. But we didn't talk about that particular emigration post-famine right up until the start of the 20th century that all happened out of this particular town. I, I would suspect it was probably an embarrassment because I suppose even right up to the 1950s and 60s, large numbers of people were still living in this country. And, and I suppose emigration was some sort of a stigma. But nowadays, because there's such a large diaspora of people all over the world who have an Irish connection, it is a fantastic story to tell. And more and more people are looking to come back to their roots to find out, you know, about their ancestors. So it's a fascinating story in that respect. And I want to talk about the the clever business angle of that with you in just a minute. But I'm going to turn to you now, Andrew. Uh, You are the newbie. You're the young young fellow of the group here because Ocean Escapes is, what, only a few weeks old? Well, we've launched our new tour boat. Um, it's only been operational about, about a month, but the company itself has been operating about two years with uh, with high-powered ribs. Oh, you, do the, you do the very fast speed bus, don't you? We do. We have two ribs available. We have a 12-seater and a 13-seater. So we have two ribs that we can carry 25 passengers on board. And uh, with this, along with this new 72-seater, it's kind of opened up the harbour again to the city centre. Now, it, it is... Very much weather dependent to your particular enterprise, isn't it? <laughs> like like a lot of things in this country, yes. But uh, luckily enough, this year so far, the weather has been fantastic. Our tour boat, our 72-seater, um, she actually has enclosed space as well. So she can operate in all weathers. The ribs, not so much. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, I was on Ocean Escapes earlier in the summer on a day like it is today with the sun shining. It was a tremendously fun experience for adults and kids. And we got to see... We got to see Cork from an angle that we've never seen. But it, you're not just appealing to Cork Gambians like me. Again, your business plan involves all the tourists who are coming into the city. Yeah, so again, it's just opening up a whole other side of the harbour that nobody else gets to see. As you said, locals rarely get to go down the river in the, in the same path that you've gone down. Likewise, the tourists now are opening up. We're trying to create another network between Cork City and Cove and allowing people to actually get down and experience that bit of coastline that we have and the history indeed inside the harbour. Yeah, the one thing is that we could do it a bit more wildlife. We need a fungi. Have you worked on a fungi? We are trying to get a fungi up here. We had last week we were out with the ribs and we spotted a few minke whales offshore. Um, so the wildlife is out there. It's just a case of getting on the water, go looking for it. Every day is different. We just need to provide an incentive to bring them closer into the harbour. The, the one thing, I mean, as a resident of Blarney, the one thing I realised they caught on to years ago was make sure you bring in the right kind of high spending tourist fanula. And Cove now has them arriving quite literally by the boatload. Uh, We'll talk to Port of Cork later on about the significance of the liner traffic, but what did it mean for Cove when they started bringing them in here? It started to highlight it as a place to go and then people acknowledging it, you know, that it was the second largest harbour in the world and we've been very welcoming and we get quite, you know, things like with Australia Day uh, where they stay around and they stay until very late. Um, there's still more potential that we could get for the town itself, I must admit. Because um, a lot of them get off 
and get onto buses and go off somewhere else. Yeah, about uh, they they reckon it's usually forty percent will travel, and then there's sixty percent that either stay on the ship or they walk around the town. And it's those people really we want to highlight, and that's one of the areas that Cove Tourism are are looking at and targeting. I mean, Jack, you have a real advantage given that you're the building quite literally they see first when they get off. So, I mean, do, do you manage to draw in a lot of that business? Uh, we we get some, but certainly uh, it's it's a bit sort of dispiriting when you see 30 to 40 buses just pile up and gone they're gone to Killarney, Blarney, Kinsale wherever, which is great because it's great for the for the economy of, of Munster if you like but it is a bit upsetting when you see them all leaving now fortunately we do get quite a number of, when they come back from whatever tour or excursion they've been on uh, and I think they're very surprised at what's available in Cove, they're not told about Cove unfortunately on the cruise liner but when they actually get into the town and they see what's available they think why the hell didn't we stay here uh, and that seems to be a comment from quite a few of them to say, we should have stayed in this town because it's got so much to offer. So is, is that part of the plan going forward? You're going to have to tell Absolutely. people on the boats what's yeah. here? Yeah, and uh, we're having a very big event in October. We're inviting the whole community, every single business here in the town to come through. And we're literally, we're going to have very big speakers. We're having representations from the Port of Cork, County Council, Irish Hotel Federation. It's very big what's happening in October. And basically what it is, is that, you know, to get, customer get visitors into the town how do we keep them in there and you know how to help with the wealth and the prosperity of the town it's not just people coming off the liners you've got the people coming into the town as well who want to have a look i mean you know there's good domestic dollar to be taken well there certainly is and and it it creates a great buzz around the town when you have a big liner in and sometimes even the smaller liners are much better for us because uh, they're they're a better spend uh, plus they tend to hang around a, little, a lot more uh, in, in the town. So, But the line of business is fantastic and it gives great exposure to the town as a tourist as a tourist area. Andrew, I mean, you, you hoping to tap into that as well at some stage in the future? Because the one thing I noted when I was on the Ocean Escapes, 72-seater, it was predominantly Irish people, word of mouth people had started to realise, well, this is a good, fun way to spend a Sunday morning. But are you hoping that you'll be able to get into that that liner trade, that tourist trade? Yeah, so already we, we do get a few bookings. A lot of them are pre-booked, um, just from the people who haven't actually booked through the ship's excursions. And what they do is they just go online, do their bit of research, do their bit of homework. And we've noticed that a lot of bookings come through that way. But it's something definitely we want to tap into more maybe offering trips around the harbour and doing covering lower harbour taking in Camden Fort Myer Davis Spike Island Hall Bowl and, and just doing some packages that base ourselves out of Cove and using Cove as our main hub we have to mention Spike sorry we, we'd be killed if we didn't mention Spike <laughs> Spike has been one of these things that it could have gone any which way it may still be an isolated wasteland with the burnt down buildings Absolutely. and it's been changed completely I mean and we have the council predominantly to thank for that do we? Not necessarily, no. <laughs> never, never give them the full credit. Go on, who do we give the credit to? <laughs> yeah, I, I do think that there was a committee that was started up originally and then we had the fighting force of Michael Martin who runs the Titanic Trail. Um, he he took the practical, he brought it really forward. Um, he used to be involved with Peter Fora and he was very strong in Peter Fora which was the, you know, when he was in the Navy and it was set up. So he has a very strong voice. And in fairness, uh, with himself and the committee that came up at the time, they were the ones that were the driving force. Um, Well, it used to be the case you came to Cove, you had a wander around, you went home, but now there's so much more to come down here for, and it is to the credit of the community that you have reinvented the town, and long may the success continue. I'll thank our guests, Fanula Smith of Cove Tourism, Jack Walsh from the Cove Heritage Centre, and Andrew O'Reardon from Ocean Escapes. Thank you all very much for joining us on Red Business. Thank you very much. Thanks very much indeed. Thank you. You're welcome.
The Red Business Podcast with CompuBe Business, improving productivity with the latest Apple technology. CompuBe.com. Well, we've moved indoors out of the heat in Cove, which is a phrase I haven't used many times during my life, but uh, happy to be inside now to talk about uh, what the Port of Cork is doing, not just for this side of the harbour, but for the harbour in general. And with me, we have Sarah McKeown, who's the marketing executive for the Port of Cork, and Connor Moles, who is the chief commercial officer. You're both very welcome to Red Business. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much. Sarah, I want to talk about liners because there is no liner here today on the day we're recording the podcast, but I have been here when there have been boats in and Cove is a completely transformed place. It's amazing the difference that having that trade coming into the town has made. Absolutely. And this year we're delighted because we have a bumper year. So we have about 98 liners visiting us in Cove um, this summer. Um, that's about a 30% increase compared to last year. So um, huge growth. And on, I think during the month of May, there was almost a liner every single day, um, one of which included one of the largest, which was the MSC uh, Meraviglia. And she had over four and a half thousand passengers on board. So a huge volume of, of passengers in and around the town, in and around the county. And not only the cruise passengers, but the amount of people that actually come down to Cove and visit Cove on the day of a liner just to see these enormous ships is fantastic. I, mean, I, I was one of them. It is huge. These boats, I mean, how many passengers can they take? It's three or four thousand, isn't it? Yeah, some of them are some of them are small. So some of them are our smallies, which would be, you know, sort of 600 passengers. And then um, our average with the Royal Princess would be about three and a half thousand passengers and then the larger ones like the MSC Meraviglia are about four and a half thousand passengers. And it's not just about the boat docking in Cove, it's about the buses that bring them to all the other tourist hotspots around the county, indeed the, the southern half of Munster. All of this business was going to beg and why didn't we think of this earlier? Well, we did. (laughs) We've been thinking about this for the last uh, 10, 15, maybe or more years. And that's why the Port of Cork has invested quite a lot, actually, in the in the in the current cruise berth. Um, and and also that we're looking fu- to the future as well. Um, but these passengers, when they arrive, I mean, they're so lucky because, one, they're coming to Cove and it's a dedicated cruise berth, um, the only one in Ireland, which means that they're not sharing their cruise berth with any other ship or any other commercial ship. Um, the passengers are able to step ashore, jump on the train, go to Cork City, walk into the beautiful town of Cove, which is like a two-minute walk, visit all the beautiful attractions in Cove, you know, go on a harbour boat tour, visit Spike Island, go across the harbour to um, the world's oldest yacht club. Um, and the other passengers then who decide to maybe take a, a, a bus tour um, are, you know, driven off and they get to see Bellarney Castle, Kinsale, the Cork City, the English Market. You know, um, there's so much to offer. And that's one of the reasons why we are so busy is because Cork has got so much to offer. And Connor, I, you not wishing to you know, trade Dublin off against Cork. But when you come to Dublin Port, you're kind of down the back of the docks. It's not the most romantic place to bring in. Cove does have an advantage and that presumably helps in attracting the type of tourists that we want to come. I'm in a slightly challenging position now because I'm sure your listeners will know from my dulcet tones that I'm from the city of Dublin. Yes, well, why, why do you think I asked the question? <laughs> but go on. But I, no, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it, the reality is, and uh, certainly from the feedback that we're getting, Cove is historic. Cove, Cove is historic for multiple reasons, the, the, the Lusitania, the Titanic, the old Royal Naval connections. And as and, and as as Sarah has mentioned, it's a beautiful town. It's a nice place to be alongside. It has that dedicated huge, uh, cruise berth. 
where, where, unfo- where, for example, if you're birthing in the centre of Dublin, then you need to get yourself out of Dublin Port and into those surrounding attractions. So we've got good access, we've got uh, historic sites around, and indeed, and I think the, the local community, the local business community, particularly the tourist community, have really got behind the cruise industry in the Cove, and that's why it's so uh, successful. It's good from a commercial point of view as well, because the Port of Cork has to raise money, so the more liners you have coming in, the more money you raise that you can reinvest in the facilities that you need, such as the, the, the cruise liner berth in Cove. Very much so. I mean, we're, we're a commercial semi-state. That changed some time ago. So we, are, we have to uh, generate profit. We have to be self-financing. And the port business is, is an expensive one. We're making investments all around the port at the moment, an €80 million Euro investment in our container terminal on the, on, in Ringeskiddy on the far side. And so we, we do need to generate business in a, in a sustaining way. And, and cruise is a very good way to do that. And, and the cruise industry itself is on a significant growth trajectory. We have uh, l- uh, the build program, which is a very strong indicator of the cruise line biz- business. The order books for cruise line builds around the world are full. And we've seen that business growing year on year since 1996. It's a buoyant industry. It's a good place to be. And Cove um, and, and Cork, by extension, and Munster is particularly well positioned to, uh, to uh, capitalise on that. So how do we get more in, though? I mean, we can only take one of those big liners at a time. I know there was one every day in May. If there's more money to be had, how are we going to tap into it, there? Well, so currently what we do is we offer cruise berths in Cove for the larger ships, um, but we also have Ring of Skiddy as an option, and we also have Cork City Keys. So on any one day, we can actually handle up to four, possibly five ships if one ship was an anchor. Um, So we can handle the four ships. Um, Down the line, uh, we are looking at options of a second cruise berth, and we have made some um, innings, and that second cruise berth would be in Cove. Um, But we're a long way off there yet, but it's something that, as a company, we are looking to uh, invest in um, because this business is growing and we need to be able to accommodate them. If we can't accommodate them, they will just go elsewhere and we'll lose them. Uh, yeah, and we don't want to do that. Um, one of the things you mentioned there, Connor, was the expansion in Ring of Skiddy. And people probably haven't seen or thought too much about that yet because we still see the boats and, and the containers coming off uh, in Tivoli. But that's all about to change. When, when is the operation going to move down? Well, that, that's, a, that's a good question. And maybe just to start from first principles, what we're looking at here in Cork is a one-in-a-hundred-year kind of event where the, the Cork Harbour office, the, Cor- the Port of Cork, we're going to close down our city offices, our, our keys, and we're going to move out to Ring of Skiddy. Um, so a huge opportunity for um, the development of the city keys and the, and the property and the areas around that, which I think is hugely exciting. Um, and we're going to look at doing that as early as the last quarter of next year, when we'll move our headquarters out to... Um, to Ring of Skiddy, where we've mentioned that we're investing in a container terminal, which would be really probably Oran's premier container terminal. Um, and we're going to see all these city keys um, no longer taking the, the bulk traffic and the traffic that it has at the moment. And that gives a huge opportunity. And what we're hoping is that we'll see Cork become a real uh, global centre for shipping services. Uh, and I think we've got huge support, the Cork Chamber, the IDA, the EI and the Irish Maritime Development Office are all behind that drive. It's the first time in a long time that we have been so positive about what the port can do, Sarah. And and it makes sense. Dublin is pretty much at capacity. They don't have a lot more space to work with there. So there is an opening to get 
product into the country and out of the country and Cork would be the obvious choice, wouldn't it? Oh, absolutely, yeah, in terms, especially in terms of short sea shipping as well. Um, and, you know, one thing we would mention as well is that, like, we, in the last couple of months, I suppose back in January, we started this new service between Cork and northern Spain. Um, and that just shows you that, you know, with Brexit coming and what's coming, we don't, nobody knows. And, you know, we're trying to look, figure out different ways of how can we get um, product out of Ireland, but also how can we get product into Ireland. And, you know, the new Cork to Santander route is a ROPAC service, so both for passengers and for freight. And at the moment, the freight is, is doing really, really well on that, which shows that people don't want, or fr- freight um, companies don't want to have to do this massive drive across the UK just to get to their product to, to Europe. Instead, they, their driver can sit on the ferry resting for 24 hours and then do the driving on the other side when they get to, get to their market. It is an exciting time. And look, there's there's lots to look forward to here. But I suppose people will look at, well, we lost the Cork-Swansea ferry. We've replaced it now with Santander and the Brittany ferry that's going so well. Uh, you know, is there any downside here, Connor? Is there anything we need to worry about? Um, you know, to, to put this into context, and I, and I, and I again, I, I'm saying this now as a Dublin man, so you can, you can take all this on board as, as actually from the heart. I think it's Cork's time. From a maritime perspective, it is now Cork's time. And what we're going to see in the next five to seven years is fantastic opportunity from the maritime perspective. The port of Cork has been intrinsically linked with the city of Cork for literally hundreds of years, everything from the, the butter market trades through to gunpowder uh, out through the empire. Um, and we've seen um, the city and the port grow up together into what we have now. And the next five to seven years are going to produce phenomenal opportunity in the maritime sector and the Port of Cork will be right in the middle of it, supporting it and looking to capitalise on our own land banks and making sure that this uh, maritime drive is sustainable. Well, we look forward to all that is to follow. More cruise ships, uh, more ferries, more uh, freight coming in and uh, where, where the cranes are now, apartments and houses to be built into the future. It really is an exciting time. Sarah McKeown and Connor Mould from the Port of Cork, thank you so much for joining us on this Red Business Cove special. Not sure. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. And that is it from the Cove Town Takeover. My thanks to all of our guests. Niamh Hennessy was the producer. Don't forget you can get involved. Red Business at redfm.ie if you want your town to be visited. And we'll catch you on the next one. The Red Business Podcast with CompuB. Apple technology and solutions for your business. CompuB.com.